The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. Okay, what are we drinking today? Well, it's post-scene, and we should have something good. Yeah. So the first thing that comes to mind, because we have an orange still, martini. However, yes. however, yes. I read recently some recipe someplace where they talked about it. They said that they washed the glass with absinthe with a dry martini. So... I'm going to tell you how I made this. We're going to call this the magic martini. So I use Tanqueray London dry gin. So we make two double martinis. They're huge. So eight parts of Tanqueray to one. And I would say just a smidge over one part of Dolan dry vermouth, six shakes of orange bitter stirred a hundred turns. Then pull out your cold martini glasses. And what I do use is one of those silicone brushes because they're excellent and I put a little absinthe in a little cup, and then I, instead of just rinsing the glass, which never gives you a consistent cover, I paint the whole inside of the glass with the absinthe. And then, because it's cold, it wants to stick to the sides, and then I pour in the martini. And so now as you drink, if you turn the glass, you're going to get more absinthe hit on it. Yeah. Didn't Nick from Nick's Table write about absinthe and and martinis? He might have, but I can't remember if I saw it in his book or if I saw it when I was looking up martinis, because I was looking up gins for you one time. Anyway, we're going to try it. Magic martini. Let's see how it tastes. You get like a hit of orange and absinthe. Yeah. It's like a little licorice orange sense. You know, what's interesting about it is it tastes exactly like a regular martini, but it leaves you with absinthe. Absinthe at absinthe the, end. At the end. Yeah. Yeah. And not a lot. Not, not a lot. Not like oh, I'm breathing fire. No. And it's also there's, smoother there's, in the middle and yeah. in a different way than a dry martini. Yeah. I almost have like a, I want to say a licorice essence in my mouth. Yeah. Just after one sip. Right. At the end. That's pretty interesting. So drink. interesting, interesting martini. Nice twist. You know, yeah. Nick from, again, from Nick's table said that when you asked him about, uh, you know, as a bartender, has he learned any really um, ingredients he considers his like favorite go-to magic improvement? Yeah. Ingredient? He named absinthe. Yeah. And, yeah. and of course, absinthe is my, you know, spirit liquor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you are a green fairy. <laughs> yeah, the green fairy is definitely high on my list. That's funny. <laughs> The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Slub USA 
the world's strongest, most powerful male masturbator. Visit Slub USA at slub, S-L-U-B-B dash USA.com. Today's conversation is brought to you by WeMinder, a behavior chart app for kinky couples like us. Learn more at WeMinder.app. You know, we've had a, a number of conversations recently with trans folk. Yes. And really. the two conversations we had this week, in one case, the trans person we talked to was a pro don. Yeah. And she came to her trans experience later in life. Mm-hmm. And the other person was Spoons. Yeah. And he came to being trans early in life. Right. And his experience coming out as a young trans person was really not traumatic. And what he advocated was for people to, if they're feeling unsafe, to to get to be safe before they come out. But then I had a conversation with Gwen on Twitter, and she was like, no, we love our trans kid. I thought, you know, we got to talk to Gwen. So if nothing else, if nothing else, she can help us model good parenting behavior. Yeah. And so with that preamble, Gwen, welcome to the conversation. Thank you so much for having me. It's our pleasure. We're delighted that you're here. You know, we always invite our guests to share. In this case, we're going to ask you to share your experience as a trans parent, discovering your trans kid, and then interacting with that whole journey that you've been on. So why don't you jump in where it started for you? Well, my kid at 11 years old told me um, at the time that she was a lesbian, and we had always been very open as a family. I'd always referred to relationships, uh, whoever you marry, who are, you know, whatever relationship that you get into was more about the fundamentals of relationship. It's more than, you know, when you marry a man one day. And at age four, we were in the grocery store and she was looking toward the cashiers. And I said, baby, what are you looking at? She said, do you see that girl right there? I said, yeah, I was a 16-year-old girl with long blonde hair. She said, I'm going to marry somebody that beautiful one day. Oh, beautiful. That's so beautiful. (laughs) So I said, okay, baby, that's awesome. And just let it be. I never pushed. I think a lot of people think that parents of kids that are trans or gay are on the spectrum in any way that we push. We've never pushed. You know, whatever that person ends up being as an adult that's the choice of that person it's not our choices their parents you know our choices where we live or we go to school things of that nature but who that person is is not our choice it's not my choice personally and don't you think as a parent because we're both parents too you love your kid you're not sexualizing your kid in any way you love your child and you want the basics of survival for your child you want them to be safe you want them to be happy you want them you know right and far too many people get hung up on this whole sex thing which is not really our territory at any level yeah exactly yeah i mean i've been called horrible names been told that i should be in jail that i'm abusing my child And they have no idea our story. They have no idea our life, the conversations that we had. They have no idea about us, but they want to judge us. Mm. Yeah, so that's interesting. You know, I think we live in a political climate where there's a lot of directed aggression towards trans kids and trans families. Mm -hmm. And what's really fascinating about it, actually, is they use the moniker groomer. But if you look at who is being arrested and prosecuted... yeah. It's yeah. all Republican men. 
white Republican white men, Republican men. <laughs> are the ones who are putting themselves in a space that they're yep. accusing loving families of being in. Yeah. That and calling us disgusting, like we're doing, you know, I don't know, I don't know why, how people see other people in that light. I don't, I will never understand it. I can never judge somebody in something that's just a part of them whether their race or their sexuality, anything of that nature, I have no idea. And that's only one part. That's something that we've told our kid all throughout. Whatever that is, that's one part of you. Our kid is on a spectrum as well. But that doesn't mean that we just have an autistic kid. We have a kid that has autism. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's it's It's like a broken arm. I mean, it's like I have a kid that has a broken arm, but no one goes high order on that. But oh, my goodness. You think a little differently than most of the public, let's just say, and now you're different. And that's the othering that people do, the othering. Yeah. Exactly. No, I I completely understand that. I was, you know, kind of an outcast in school. I was a little bit different in school. And so I understand the bullying aspect and Mm. and not quite fitting in and not understanding why you don't just fit in. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I'm clear about is we talk to a lot of kinksters, right? Our conversations are typically adult conversations with the kink community about sexuality. And there's a really high proportion of people involved in kink on the spectrum. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting to me because one of the things that being in kink requires you to be, to participate in kink ordinarily, is to be present. And it's a way for folks who need direction or struggle with multiple stimuli to actually focus in a really particular way. I would go even further. Yeah. It requires people to communicate Yes. prior to action. Yes. And so if you're on the spectrum, you are able to ask multiple questions and yeah. get clarification that makes you feel comfortable or safe. Or secure, yeah. Right? Yeah. In proceeding versus, let's just talk about pick up in a bar. It doesn't matter what orientation you are in a typical scenario of just modern humans picking up in a bar could mean there's no conversation. Now we get back and we look at each other's parts or whatever and decide what we're going to do. Right. But there isn't a conversation beforehand. And that's, that's what's so important. Yeah. That's just an aside. So, you know, you learned your daughter was tending towards being a lesbian quite young. She came out, did you say at 11? 11 years old. Yeah. Came and snuggled into bed with me, pulled the covers over their head, and said, I don't need the covers. Wow. And I said, it's okay. The only reason why I even got upset is because of the climate that we live in here in the South. Yeah. It's scary that at the time, I'm just thinking of her walking with her girlfriend from the movies and being attacked, being hurt. Sure, sure. Your explanation just now resonates with me because my daughter's lesbian. Did your daughter, and and you might have a different family relationship, what have you. I'm pretty affectionate with my kids, but my daughter, there was a period of time before she came out where she asked to come in bed with me, just hang out with me, right? And then eventually that led to that type of conversation, almost like that, not quite, but very similar. I mean, most parents that are dealing with this, and I don't mean dealing like a bad thing, just it's interacting in a way that's not readily, there's no information readily there. There's no rule book that says, how do you do this? You just kind of go with it, right? How did you experience that? Did she show signs before that you kind of knew it was coming? Well, she said at four. No, no, she knew at four, but like the outing. 
Because it's different. You can see your kid before. I did too. And I mean the outing. You mean the coming out. I mean her choosing to express it. Apparently she had asked a little girl out at school. Oh. And got turned down. And so I was like, she's not just out to her friend. Like she came out to her friends there first, which, of course. Um, you know, that age group, they're talking about everything. Sure. And that's okay. You know, that's where I usually, you know, I went to my friends first when I found out I was getting married or yeah. pregnant or yeah. something of that nature. So, yeah. I mean, I didn't take offense to it. I just said, okay, you're ready now to, I said it here. And now I'll say it to mom and dad. It's interesting. It's good though. I mean, because that's the reality. Yeah. I talked to girlfriends before I went on the pill. Right. And then I went to my parents and didn't ask their permission. I just basically said, Hey, just FYI. So, you know, this is what I'm doing. So tell us about from age 11, how did you discover that she chose to be trans or found herself as a trans person? Well, the pandemic hit really hard with all the kids having to come back home. And being on Zoom, things of that nature for classes. And and went through a long depression Hmm. period to where we ended up with hospitalization twice. Oh, I'm so sad. And that's where we, through um, the doctors and being able to talk with them because I need somebody with experience more than me. Somebody that has the knowledge. I've always been one of those people that if I don't know that, it's okay. I can ask somebody who does know. It's perfect. And to refer to those type of people. And so when it came time that my kid was going through this, as a parent, you know, I'm just shook to the core. My kid's trying to hurt themselves. What mm. do you do? You can't go to sleep. And just back up a second. Yeah. So, so she was depressed and that correlated to her coming out as trans? Well, like, was she isolated and then that, because of COVID, obviously... And then, you know, because those kids are so social at that point. And so now she's not able to interact with what she's interested in and the, all the other hormones that are going on, the cocktail that she has, she, I can see teenagers doing this. I'm interested in what she did. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know, you know, that at the time she was questioning other things about herself during that time period. She said, well, I'm non-binary now. I said, okay. So... She changed her name. We started saying they, them. Okay, not a big deal. Things started getting a little bit better. Got on certain medications, worked with our doctors. Uh, The therapist wasn't that great at the time. The therapist didn't really want to have conversations with me. (laughs) And I I, I needed to know, like, when things were going on. So apparently they were telling that therapist at the time they were having these kind of suicidal thoughts, and nothing came back to me as a parent. Wow. So I got to deal with the repercussions of those conversations and things happening. And then I had no idea about them. So Um, can I, I mean, because I work in HIPAA area, which is where this exists. She's still a minor. So whether she's he, him, they, or whatever, you're still the parent. So is it just because it's privilege information because it's therapy? I don't know. I never really got a clear answer. I ended up just moving from that therapist Good. and, and getting whatever. I, at the time, that was when I think there was about a six-month period, six to eight-month period of the they, them, till I think I'm trans. Wow. And that's the, but okay. she told you. I mean, I think the power in that is amazing. amazing. Yeah. So when she shared with you that I think I'm trans, how did that occur to you? It, I mean, my kid growing up didn't care one bit about princess anything. 
Mm-hmm. It was Legos and, you know, building things, but I was the same way. So it didn't occur to me that, you know, that trans really wasn't a thing back when I was growing up either. Right. We had no clue about kids being trans. It wasn't on the news. It wasn't anywhere. There wasn't any real knowledge of it. So I probably would have considered myself growing up, if you look back at pictures of me, I had short hair and in tomboy clothes, I probably would have been called non-binary back then. That was how I just did. It was a tomboy. You were called a tomboy back then. Oh, I was called a tomboy. I remember that phase. I hated the color pink. Hated the color purple. Me too. Me too. Um, So when my kid, you know, we always went shopping. And once my kid got old enough to be able to pick out clothing, I didn't segregate the store into this is the girl's side and this is the boy's side. Oh, you like Mario? Let's go find you a Mario shirt. I don't care where it came from. It was whatever gave my kid joy. Yes. Never wanted to wear a skirt. Never wanted to. I think they went through a small phase with Hot Topic and bought a few skirts, but then just didn't feel right in them. Mm-hmm. So when she shared with you that I think I'm trans, what was your next step? You and your husband, how did you deal with that interaction? And what was the next step you guys took to interact with her in that new frame? We just said, okay, we'll start calling you those, you know, Pronoun. or they, you know, that's fine. They said, and, uh, you know, we got a binder for them. I want them to feel comfortable on their own skin. There was some rules, you know, don't wear it to bed. Don't wear it when you don't need to go out of the house. Because really, it's going out of the home, out of the secure kind of area that's their safe space of that being home. That's when they feel awkward around other people. Yeah. Yeah. And so what choices have you made since then as a family? We've got a therapist that's a really good piece in the community as well. Mm. So she fully understands and she deals with teenagers from like 12 to 18 that are either non-binary or trans. Beautiful. There's groups that my kid can join. Like she's very informed on the medicine, everything. That's so great. Can you share any resources that I can include in the show notes? Just P flag. They're amazing. That's about it for me as a parent. Say that again. P flag. P flag. Okay. Uh, that's about it as a, as a parent, but they've been amazing off and on. My kid doesn't really care to right now be like a part of the community. It's like, oh, I guess we could go to Pride. It's not a big deal. So I'm, I'm kind of waiting. I'm just sitting back, letting my kid more take the drive in that area. Yeah. That's brilliant. I'll, I'll just tell you right now it's brilliant because this is what I think happens with a particular group. And I'm not, I'm going to say it and it's going to sound like I'm judging, but I'm not. But it is a phenomenon that happens. Oh, my kid's gay. Okay, get into the community, get into pride. Because what you have to imagine as a parent, you know this, you're, okay, I got to develop community for this kid so they have a community, right? Whether the kid reacts to that community or not doesn't matter. What I think it often happens in society is we all like, oh, you're either vanilla or you're trans or you're lesbian or gay or whatever. And that's your community. But that's not the fact. The fact of the matter is we deal with all kinds of people. How have her friends related to her since she made this declaration? Well, her friends are all really open-minded like her, even for the South. There are children that have said things to him. And, you know, I get, they're pretty safe at school. But mm-hmm. I get scared as far as like getting off the bus, things like that. Even okay. kids in the neighborhood, you never know whose parent is saying something or you know saying hateful things. They do come out, but my kids learn coping mechanisms, which is amazing. This new therapist is amazing about the coping mechanisms and dealing with it and when to say something and when to just kind of leave it alone, gotcha. let it 
Is your school system supportive? And I ask that because I actually worked in a school system as that person, the person that communicated with kids that coming out. They've said, you know, you can use certain bathrooms if mm-hmm. you want to, to feel comfortable. Okay. Um, so even if my kid doesn't have to go, if they're in that area, they're just going to go ahead and go. Because just in case, trying to come from another class that's far away from it. Mm-hmm. But I, but living in Tennessee and the laws here and what they're pushing, it scares me that a teacher's going to call police. Wow. Or that kid's going to go home to one of their parents. Their parent's going to say, not in my school. Wow. What's that kid's name? I'm curious at an educational level, if, but this is something to ask if you don't know your child. When classroom interactions happen, one of the experiences I had is most of the instructors were once informed formally by myself and the counseling department would then identify by the right pronouns and make it a safe place for that student. And there were a few instructors in their schedule that would not. And so we went toe to toe with those instructors. I'm just wondering if you have someone on board in the counseling center to advocate for your child. As far as I know, my kid is ready to tell me, hey, mom, just don't go to school unless it's necessary. Okay. Wow. I I think they're just trying to keep a buffer there. I know that you're there if I need you, but at this point right now, I'm okay. Okay, good. Well, if they say they're okay, okay. I've, I've learned from the kids in transition that I've dealt with in the school system in like high school age, I have learned, even though... As a parent of those same age kids, I may not 100% agree with my thinking, but as a professional, I would say to them so they can hear it, I trust what you're saying is what you want. And so what I'm hearing you say is this, you do not want me to talk to your math instructor or whatever. Yes, I do not want you to talk to my, okay, then I will absolutely not talk to your math instructor and I will not document this in your file. Do you know what I mean? Those are the kind of conversations. I was in the counseling department, but as a graduation success counselor, so I dealt with those fringe kids, and mm-hmm. and I dealt with trans kids all the time. In fact, one trans kid, I was the first person for anyone. And so then we had to navigate home life and parents and that kind of thing. Yeah, one of the things I'm interested in is now that you're dealing with a teenage or almost teenage trans kid, what are some of the considerations that you have as a parent in interacting with the new information you've got to incorporate into your understanding. I come at it from a point of, I don't have to understand something to respect it. Mm, It's refreshing. And I've looked at a lot of things. I've listened to a lot of videos. You know, there's a lot of great YouTubes out there, creators that have medical knowledge or have things you have to actually look up. Vanderbilt here, which has had bomb threats against it, has a transition center we mm-hmm. have had to talk about well now that you've gone through puberty you're you're almost you know pretty much at the end of that you know it'll still be the next few years do you want to do anything do oh. you is that is there a next step for you that you're wanting and right now my kid is very vocal about I don't want to do anything right now my binder is fine and so that's where we've left it at oh, the moment that's so healthy yeah so no hormones for him yes no hormones for him as of yet if he decides later on he has talked about the chest surgery mm-hmm. and i said well it's scary for any parent to know their kid is going to go through any surgery yes and i said but i love you and it's your body and yeah i just want you to know that you're making a decision for yourself mm-hmm. not for anybody else mm-hmm. so having them in therapy right now 
Oh, that's perfect. And, you know, is it, I mean, at 21 or 18 or whatever, they may change their mind. Sure, right. sure. Well, Brett, I, I really acknowledge you for being a really forward-thinking, mindful, thoughtful, caring, loving parent. I would say a very superhuman. Superhuman, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure where to take this conversation beyond that because you've really shared the experience from her childhood to his transition, which is amazing, right? And so now it sounds like it's really just up to him to decide what's next. Well, it's his body and his life. Oh, and yeah. I'm just, you know, I just want to be a good parent and I just wanted to be at 30 years old saying my mom and dad were great versus my teenage years were horrible because sure. all we did was fight. Well, if you listen to Spoons, you hear a story about parents who didn't accept his transition at all. And he no longer communicates with his parents. And I can tell you as a parent, that's something you don't want to live into. No. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It yeah. really is. Yeah. Well, if you could give parents of a potentially trans kid advice, how would you guide them to manage the experience the way you folks have managed it? I guess I would say just listen. And if you don't know something, there are great resources out there to actually learn and learn from professionals in the field that know what they're talking about. The pediatric has come out where there's a bunch of signatures from different was it, endocrinology and all these different areas are stating this is real and mm-hmm. this is information about it. That's where you need they to go. See learn. it in animals already. Yeah. And then the other question I have for you is in the realm of resources and processing what you're dealing with as parents, is there a universe of support groups for parents that you've participated in? Not that I have as of yet. I've gone to a P-Flag meetings. I think because my kid went with me, I think because they were autistic and being around so many people, they didn't know made them super nervous. Yeah. Um, but I may go again just as a parent. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Right, and, okay. and not bring them with me. But right now, we've just kind of been trying to just live our lives like a normal people at the moment. Since you dealt with a therapist initially that wasn't a good fit, that's the part I think people that are in this just coming out as trans or they suspect possibly that parents, your information would be really helpful for them to hear. Yeah. What do you make of what's happening in the larger political arena? The South is extremely anti-trans at the moment. And Spoons described this as the last gasp of a dying ideology. What's your experience of that as a parent? As a parent, that's we're also atheist, me and my husband. So we don't have the religious dogma that kind of comes along with a lot of the Bible Belt, per se. We don't have that holding us down or keeping us or apart or making us fight in any way, which has helped. I think just Thank letting you. some of that go and just being there for your kid would be the biggest thing if you are religious, just letting that go for a little bit and just realizing that your child is a human being and treating them as such. That's great advice. Super advice. Well, really, this has been fascinating. I so Thank appreciate you. you coming on the pod this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you for sharing yourself. Thank you so much for having me. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers!